0: Hey listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates.
1: Whatever you think you're going to learn, whatever like strategies you come up beforehand, you'll never learn as much until you actually do it.
0: Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct to consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. Today, I've got a fantastic guest coming to the show, Joe Spector. Joe is currently the CEO of Dutch, uh, formerly of a company that we'll get into here in a little bit. But Joe, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you. I am a nerd and I'm, I'm so excited to kind of just learn from you. So before we talk uh, about what's going on with Dutch and your previous position, take me back. You've been in the startup space for over 15 years. Uh, I mean, it, the world has changed in 15 years. So
1: how has the kind of the startup scene changed? Oh my gosh. So, so much and so little. I think that in many ways, the thing that's always drawn me to startups is just the scrappiness of it all. I think for me personally, being an immigrant to the United States, I've always just had a life of having to figure things out. And so I think uh, it took me a while to really figure out. Uh, even before I got into entrepreneurship, that's where I shine. Um, but I think, look, there's an influx of capital. And the word on the street is that it's easier than ever to start a company. At the same time, I think it's harder than ever because when I was around in the 2000s dot com bust, uh, literally, you know, any idea it seemed could go public. I think today, you know, numbers, data, results matter more than ever. So it's interesting. On the one hand, it's been kind of easier than ever. But on the other hand, I think expectations are significantly higher. Uh, But a lot of the skill sets, I think, are very much the same.
0: Absolutely. I I really like that you mentioned the scrappiness of startups. I literally saw a tweet yesterday and it was someone saying it's like, it's really funny when these people leave big companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and go and join a a startup and they they realize
1: that everything's held together in duct tape. And it's like, we're digging a hole, grab a shovel. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny interesting because uh, we've actually grown quite a bit. And uh, one of the things I ask candidates to do is to put together a 90-day plan. And there's been quite often where from a big company, the 90-day plan is like a 10-day plan in our world. Uh, and this notion that there's a committee to make a decision, again, like that doesn't exist. And it's all these things I love. My first job was out of J.P. Morgan, and I just remember thinking, like, I'll never climb. Like, I I could never just randomly call another CEO because I would have had to ask three layers of permissions, and uh, God forbid that I didn't say in the right voice. Whereas here, you want to go meet a CEO, like, jump on a plane, go meet them. in fact, people are going to be mad at you for not doing that if that was an opportunity to advance the business. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's, it's startup world
1: is just, it's just fun. Um,
0: I actually, I've never asked this question, but I want to, I kind of want to see what your opinion on it is. is. Are you familiar with Silicon Valley? You ever seen that show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to see it. <laughs> Other than this, the, uh, the Mike Judge esque of it being a comedy. You know, how were there any parallels to that show to this real life shenanigans that goes on in the startup world?
1: Of course. I think I, I, that's why it took me a while to watch it because it was like too close to home. And there's definitely <laughs> moments of cringeworthiness, but I've certainly met, uh, like the lawyer on that character. I've met lawyers, uh, like that. The main, uh, I think the main guy is based on Peter Thiel. Uh, but sort yeah. of but again there's lots of quote Asperger like uh uh VCs out here. Uh I so I think that's cringeworthy. the like the Google, like the big competitor. Uh there's just a lot where I've like met multiple, not just one, of those types of personas. Yeah, I think writing those characters was probably the easiest part <laughs> of the job. <laughs> yeah and then of course like the oh shit moments uh that happened on the show uh, and again I, I i constantly i'm like you have to have nerves of steel and thick skin um to make it in the startup world because if you're a fragile flower uh and you can't take the heat i mean shit happens multiple times a day Um, And you have to just have that mindset of, okay, I'm going to, you know, let's take a step back, take a breather. How do we solve it, etc. And again, you know, we've all survived so far. So clearly there's a path forward. But there's just people who are going to run into the fire. And then there's people who are going to run away from it. Yeah, it's kind of like that, that meme
0: of the dog sitting in the room and everything's on fire. and (laughs) This is okay. That's right. (laughs) Everything's okay. Awesome. Well, let's, let's kind of move forward a bit here. And you were the co-founder of a pretty big brand. Uh, I'll kind of let you uh,
1: share your backstory there. Yeah. So it's now been almost 5 years ago. I was um, one of the co-founders of HIMSS. Um, I started that business uh, with Andrew Dudum, who's now the CEO. We spent almost a year together in stealth and you know classic startup in that now that it's successful it sounds like a no brainer uh for everybody uh but back in the day i remember people looking at me like i was like you know an idiot for joining a startup that was about to sell uh erectile dysfunction pills and hair loss pills just because if, if you think about it in the 90s uh we all had our uh, deleted Hotmail accounts, uh, full of, uh, spam from Viagra companies. Yeah. So, you know, we started a company that ended up, uh, becoming, uh, Hymns, uh, and went public, uh, a year ago. And I think in many ways it was a match made in heaven because it was an opportunity for me to, uh, apply kind of all the hustle, all the scrappiness that I've built up for my whole career. Uh, it was a time in a field where we were doing telemedicine. And at the time, again, it's hard to fathom this, but most uh, most of the country didn't even allow for telemedicine in the first place. So again, we must have been batshit crazy to, uh, like I said, run into the fire and start this business. Um, but timing is everything. So we were there right as, um, Viagra became generic. We were there as a lot of the laws were changing and, um, the states were coming into the 21st century and updating, um, their laws. And then of course the pandemic hit and it was sort of like a, you know, what happened in one year moved the laws like 10 years ahead just because people mm-hmm. were forced, uh, to make the change and allow for more, digital uh, telemedicine. Uh, so it was a really transformational time. Uh, and I, I again, I think for me, I certainly grew tremendously. And I saw what it's like to raise money. I saw what it's like uh, to build a billion-dollar consumer brand. Um, and so these are pretty important lessons that I could only have seen uh, being um, at the front of this rocket ship. Yeah, that's, that's a wild
0: ride. You mentioned something that I wanted to kind of follow up on is that it became hymns. So
1: there was another name beforehand. Multiple. <laughs> it was, I mean, this is why you need to, you know, for everything, hire people who know what they're doing. Uh, I, at first it was, uh, a really cool name called DNSR or denser <laughs> for hair loss. Okay. Uh, and then it became called, uh, club room. That was another stealthy name. Um, and I think it was super clear that they were corny. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we worked, uh, with a pretty awesome agency, uh, to come up with hymns. And now, uh, so I guess my follow up to that question is, is like, how important is the name at the start? So this is, I think, one of the like lessons learned for me. I think there are so many, um, Especially first time founders who are just going to be like, you know, if you make a great product, everyone's going to come, you know, doesn't all this stuff is just like bells and whistles. It doesn't really matter. I think when, uh, when you're building a consumer product, again, like I said, in today's world where the consumer continues to expect more than ever, I think it's immensely important. By the way, it's immensely important, not just for the consumers, but it's immensely important for the people you hire because the people you hire are also looking at you thinking, is this person an idiot or can they actually build a brand? And so I think investing in that before you launch is critical. Well, that's great advice there. Um and then you also mentioned that. So you
0: joined HEMS over five years. So you had about 10 years skin in the game before that. What were some of those skills um, that you brought to the table that you'd think that, you know, if it was the first time around, you probably wouldn't have? Uh, been able to help out as much as you did?
1: So I had some experience uh, like on supply chain, on operations, with subscription businesses, um, with just strategy in general. Most of my career, I've been at companies that are going zero to one. So I've constantly come into companies where there isn't a foundation, there isn't really any kind of safety net. And you have to make it or leave in order to survive. So I feel like I've had those environments consistently. I've also, uh, at least in my career, I've worked across so many different industries, but the skills were the same. So I felt comfortable. Most of the, us who came into HIMSS never had any healthcare experience. But we've all had experience across multiple industries, across kind of the general notion of building a brand, building an operational structure. And I think those skills were super transferable. Um, and like we said, you know, just the comfort of the unknown and maybe the, uh, you know, you need that naivete in order to think that you're going to change the laws, uh, in 50 states. Uh, so, I think that kind of blind, uh, positive, uh, entrepreneurial vibe is something I had coming in <laughs> that helped me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Guy can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa thats M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omnichannel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholz, the founder of Beardbrand, says we're a seven-figure business and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit Gorgeous.GRSM.IO/Honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G O R G I A S.GRSM.IO/Honest. Our partner, Rewind, can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, and collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button, trusted by over 100,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like NYX, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention this podcast, Honest Ecommerce and get your first month absolutely free. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your 5th cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful, branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com/honest. That's k l a v i y o.com/honest. A lot of our listeners here are you know, more in the direct-consumer product space. Um, you know, and so I guess what is the same about building a billion-dollar business that's the same as building a million-dollar business?
1: You need to have uh, a product that, people, that makes people happy. You, I mean, that, in order for you to have even a million-dollar business, you got to have some customers who are your biggest fans who are repeat customers. And you you know, like the quote, you can fool, you know, some people some of the time, but you can't fool you know all people all the time. So um again, in today's world where there are reviews, there, you know, the consumer the smallest consumer has a voice. Um, whether you're a small brand or a big brand, if you're pissing off consumers, other consumers will find out and it'll be hard for you to build any sort of business. And at the same time, if you are having moments where you have, you know, where you just blow and wow a customer away, that is something, whether a small business or a big business, uh, is necessary. Uh, you know, and then you have to just think about for your product, how do you do that? And that might mean how do you do that? In a electronic or kind of you know non nonverbal way, and then some of it is just like through the physical, through your actual product and service. Absolutely, and then I guess the other side of it, like what are some of the major differences between like you know an eight figure brand and a nine figure brand? It's I think it'll be in the refinement of how much they're putting into their branding. You know, do they understand their different consumer personas? So the customer insights piece. I think a smaller brand just maybe not have the budget or the, even the enough, um, customers to really understand their personas. Um, it is how much you're investing into your brand. I think, you know, when I think about the amount of money that went into Dutch, the visual experience, the UI, UX, again, I think a lot of times small brands, um, uh, don't have it. And I think that the difference it between kind of, Good and great is actually quite exponential, so I think a smaller million dollar brand will settle on pretty good, uh, and that's understandable. Uh, but the difference between good and great, I think, is quite substantial. Absolutely, and you kind of just led into
0: the next thing. So I was like, obviously, you're no longer at Hems. now. You've launched Dutch. So,
1: kind of, what what is that product? What are you what are you trying to solve there? Problem with that, and kind of, you know, the the background too is that. I felt like we've had so much innovation on the human side, it's become so easy to get in touch with a doctor and get medical advice without having to come in uh, in person. And I just was like, wait a minute, this does not exist for pets at all. There's not a billion dollar brand that makes it easy for you to talk to a veterinarian For the myriad of issues that dogs, cats and other pets tend to have quite frequently. Um, most of the time what consumers know is that if my (laughs) pet had, you know, is throwing up or has some kind of a rash, I have to, it's an arduous process. Uh, you have to, you might be on hold for a, a 10 minutes just to talk to a receptionist. And then it could be weeks before you can ever come in. So we want it's taking a lot of those learnings from hims and basically saying can we be this end-to-end solution where digitally you interact with a veterinarian you do a video call you do a phone call and we can do anything from prescribing medication for a rash that your dog has all the way to just looking at the dog <laughs> looking at the at at the dog's diarrhea and telling you, you know, is this an emergency or is this because they just ate a crayon and, you know, it'll go away in a matter of days? Absolutely. No, I think that it is. uh, Again, it's a fantastic idea.
0: You you seem to surround yourself in those. So (laughs) I congratulate you on that. What I find fascinating about Dutch is that you guys have actually built this on top of uh, Shopify. And I think that that's probably interesting to a lot of our listeners as well, because there are a lot of very specific quirks to how your business can operate. And I don't know if you can shed any light on kind of like some of the technology choices and how you
1: circumvented the quote unquote limitations of Shopify. Totally. And Shopify was not a platform available to us at Hims because in the human world, you have to be what's called HIPAA compliant, which is essentially there's just um, a lot more and understandable uh, regulation when it comes to privacy um, and medical records. Um, that doesn't apply to pets. I mean, there's certainly privacy, just general consumer privacy guards, but Pets are not humans. Uh, and so a lot of the protections of HIPAA don't apply in the pet space. And Shopify is one of those platforms where it would not be something Hims could use because it doesn't have those medical HIPAA compliant options. Whereas with pets, we were able to build on top of Shopify. We're the first platform. We're the first medical Type of platform to be built on top of Shopify. Uh, and then at the same time, we get to take advantage of all the tools and integrations that Shopify has built uh, in terms of payments, uh, in terms of just its modules. So it is, uh, pretty, it was a pretty incredible option for us. Certainly not even then, uh, we can talk about, you know, without some roadblocks. Um, but it was, uh, Kind of like I just remember at Hims, we wish we could have had all. You know, we had to build everything from scratch because nothing like nothing existed. Um, and so, partially, I think with time, more tools have come about. But also, I think it was always in the back of my head <laughs> of like, if I could ever build another business, it would be on top of Shopify because it's such a great platform. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that they're, they're going to find that and cut it up and be like, Hey, can we uh, use
0: this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, for everyone listening, uh, what Joe said about, you know, investing in brand and just building a really powerful platform, like go check out the website, Dutch.com. It is a phenomenal piece of work. Uh, so I, I would recommend checking that out. Um, and I, I kind of with telehealth, um, and what you guys are offering at Dutch, it, it obviously isn't like, The same as you know, I'm selling a pair of shoes on Shopify, uh, and you kind of mentioned some of the roadblocks. But could you dig a little bit deeper into kind of how like your sales process goes using Shopify and how you kind of had to think
1: outside the box? For sure, some of the differences, uh, you know, buying medicine is definitely not the same as buying a pair of shoes uh, because uh, you're putting something in your body, or in this case, in your pet's body, and people definitely. You know, care deeply about their pets, so they're going to think twice about exactly what it is that um, that their pet is ingesting. And so, the way that our process works is that you, uh, and actually, this is something we just launched recently. You first have a video conversation with a veterinarian licensed um, in your state in order to get a prescription. Just so I think, incredibly awesome. Just if you again like think about it, instead of waiting weeks or instead of waiting minutes just to talk to a receptionist by phone, like within minutes, you could talk to, a, you know, by video with you know, a licensed veterinarian about your specific issue with your dog, cat, or whatever other animal there with you. I think that's awesome. And then if you're... So we can't prescribe in every state, uh, but we can actually... Suggest an over-the-counter product in every state. If you live in New York, for example, and you're talking to a vet about this crazy rash, like we could prescribe a medicine bespoke to you and your pet based on your condition uh, in order to treat it. So at first, all you're doing is scheduling this $19 vet chat. And then depending on how that goes, you can check out with additional products. So it's sort of like a concierge service that you're uh, signing up for. And then that concierge can help you choose a product mix specific to your needs. It's almost like so. I would think of it as like uh, custom shopping experiences that you're buying.
0: Oh, absolutely! I can see the same kind of style thing being useful with like not just medical, but maybe like uh, assisted shopping for like fashion. For sure. I I buy black t shirts, so I wear. (laughs) So you can see the model kind of being useful elsewhere. But I do. uh, I want to highlight what you said is like you know you can't prescribe things in every state, and you can you're recommending products that you guys aren't selling. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to give value to these people, and you're building trust and getting like you. and I know why you're doing it is because your goal is to eventually be able to actually, uh, you know, prescribe things in all 50 states. But you know, you guys are taking that uh, investment uh, and, and kind of losing a bit uh, in these states where you can't uh, to, to build that trust to when you
1: hopefully can. Change the laws or get the laws kind of amended in your favor. Yep, for sure. Uh, and again, oftentimes, so the, the awesome part is when it comes to any product. Again, we're uh, pretty much the only platform that can actually send prescriptions to your household and not just have you then send you off to figure out how to get it somewhere else at Walgreens, but. Even when it's over the counter, oftentimes that can be something that solves at least your immediate urgent problem as well, um, enough to get you over then to see someone in person. So by the time you're seeing them in a couple of weeks, at least you weren't, uh, the condition wasn't becoming worse. Absolutely. Now, um, with
0: launching a brand like this, I know that a lot of our, our listeners are going to be curious, uh, you know, what's the go to market strategy?
1: How do, you get the, how do you get the word out there about this, you know, Breakthrough technology, just, just awesome brand. And this is like a constant thing. I think with any startup is you'll never learn like whatever you think you're going to learn, whatever like strategies you come up beforehand, you'll never learn as much until you actually do it. And until the consumer actually has to take out their credit card and give it to you, like from those consumers, you'll never learn as much until you actually do that for us. When we launched, I mean, it's certainly, uh, uh we had a whole, you know, APR strategy, a go to market strategy of, of how we launch, of what kind of products we launch, what kind of price strategy is important to us. Um, and I think we, we launched small. So we launched with two conditions, uh, with you know, behavior anxiety and kind of allergy rash, uh, conditions. And I think, um, very quickly what we saw. From consumers is consumers that are coming to us. They just kind of want their problem solved. They don't care like how you do it. It doesn't have to be medicine. Um, but they want to feel like, okay, there's a solution at hand. And we, we wouldn't have known that until we launched. And so part of that is why we're now we launched, we changed and kind of split from selling. Product that included everything to a product that first includes the veterinary chat, and then the product. And you might not need a product because maybe you just wanted to talk to someone, and you realize that this is normal, or or you do need a prescription product. We wouldn't have known to split that until after we launched and started talking to our customers.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic advice. Like, I, I think that when people are sitting there. Uh, you know, when you have choices to make, sometimes you get caught up in like, oh, I'm going to make the wrong choice. It's like, you don't know what the choice is and no one ever does. Just make a choice. And if it's wrong, you'll, you'll, you'll instantly know. And then you can just pivot. It's 99%
1: of the time it's never going to be detrimental to the business. That's right. I mean, and you know, I think about things we learned, um, when HIMS launched and some of the changes we made with that product by, The kinds of products we launched with our consumers, how we like the mix, the mix of products, the pricing, like all that also and probably to this day continues to change. Uh, absolutely. And the more
0: customers you get, the more feedback you get, the more it'll you dial in on, on trying to solve those problems. Yep. Joe, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Is
1: there anything I forgot to ask you that you think might resonate with our audience? I think, um, you know, it's always interesting to understand uh, different types of consumers. Uh, like to this last point, I think pet consumers are very vocal. Uh, maybe all consumers are vocal, but they're very. Um, they're very, they're very nice too. I think they're, cause I think we're offering them something they didn't even think was possible. So they're pretty delighted when they see that they can have this experience. Uh, but it's been interesting how vocal they are, uh, in sharing their feedback. Um, so, and I almost would say don't underestimate or your own audience for, for those listening, like, um, your consumers bought your product because they thought it was going to be great. And so, uh, A, don't take it for granted, but B, don't underestimate their desire to help you and help your business. Yeah, I think that's, that's great advice. Um,
0: you know, everybody listening, go check out Dutch.com, especially if you have a pet. I think it'd be very,
1: very kind of useful for you. Uh, Joe, any parting words? Nope. thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, we have so many uh, more products that we'll be launching in 2022. So yeah, continue to uh, check, it, check out what Dutch.com is up to. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Alright. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.